0: Thanks for listening to the Women Emerging Podcast. Every week we put up a new episode with insights into leadership, practical leadership, seen through the eyes of women leaders of all ages and all sectors from right across the world. Our aim is for women to be able to say, if that's leadership, I'm in. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and join Women Emerging on our website, womenemerging.org. That's womenemerging.org for more fabulous free leadership content. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Julia Middleton here, Director of Women Emerging and your podcast host. It is really sad to be to be ending this run of episodes. This this the last 18 episodes have been with women of all ages from across the world. Talking about what they learned about leading, and and using finding something that some an object that illustrates somehow each of those discoveries. Um, we asked them for five, and therefore five objects. And Katia is the last person to do this. I think Katia is possibly one of the bravest. <laughs> Katia is always. I promised I'd never say this this expression, but I'm going to this time. When I was Katya's age, which is half my current age, I never thought so hard about leading. And I never thought so hard about the really difficult bits of leading. But And, and somehow Katya always, always, always faces head-on her weaknesses or what are perceived to be her weaknesses. And I love her for it. She does it both in her leading and in her motherhood and makes the connection between the two. The last 18 episodes has had some absolutely extraordinary objects that women have brought to their to the discussion. Um, there have been some wonderful ones. But um, Katya's are... Firstly a picture of her little boy, Adam. And I think you might be a bit surprised about what she says is the lesson of leading that 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 that's behind that picture. And then the second picture is of a bra. That thing that women wear. I've always worn. Um and that's, that illustrates something very curious in Katya's journey. And then a dictionary, and then a mirror. So uh, without banging on too much longer, let's just go straight to Katya. And then I'll tell you the plans for the future expeditions. Over to you, Katya. I don't think I've ever met anybody who so squarely faces up to the challenges of leading the way you do. And I admire that enormously. So, and and they're not just leading at work, they're also importantly leading at home and as a as a young mother. So, so go on, tell us. You've got four objects, haven't you? Yeah. The first one is the most beautiful photograph of your child. Talk to us. Becoming a mother two and a half years ago really
1: changed a lot. And I think every parent can relate to what I'm saying. And for me as a human who loves its independence, its freedom, its personal space, having a newborn was a complete disaster, to be honest, Um, uh, due to the fact that I couldn't live all these things I just mentioned. couldn't live this anymore so i was in a state of shock at the beginning and um yeah in the early motherhood experience i had a very deep and moving realization it was that i realized that from now on i will always have to be present i will always have to take responsibility and i will always have to offer some kind of guidance Even in times I don't want to, because I'm too tired, I'm too exhausted, I'm um, depressed as well. So um, this moved me a lot, and I felt a heavy weight of responsibility on my shoulders. Um, I couldn't imagine before, even though people told me before what it might be like to have a baby. I couldn't imagine it. I had to experience it to really understand it. And I think the picture of always being present, of always take responsibility and always offer some kind of guidance, even in times you don't want to, because for whatever reasons, is a picture you can transfer to the topic of leadership very well, I think. Because when it comes to you as a leader and you deeply care for your job or your team or a specific topic you want to push forward, it's up to you. You lead through your presence there. You can't just walk away. Of course, you should always keep an eye on your mental and physical health. You should always keep an eye on your energy level and well being because no exhausted leader is a good leader. But at the end, it's still up to you. If you want to make the best out of it, you have to be there. It's leading through your presence. So this was very deep for me, this realisation.
0: You know, it makes me think of all the times when people used to come into my office and say, what should we do now? Yeah, I felt like saying, how do I know? <laughs> <laughs> but you couldn't say that, could you? Well, you could say it, but you had to do it with a sort of degree of confidence that even if I don't know, we'll find a way. Mm-hmm. But that picture of Adam also made you learn something else about leading too, didn't it? Right. Um,
1: I had another breakthrough moment in my early motherhood. And this was the realization to be okay when things go don't go the way you planned. I learned that sometimes it costs you a lot more energy to stick to an idea than to maybe take a step back and react with flexibility and goodwill. Um, um, This realization was born on a day, maybe to give you some background, where I could do nothing else than to sit on the sofa and breastfeed my baby. It was still a newborn, so it it needed a lot of comfort, closeness and warmth, Um, but this day was special. As I already mentioned, I could do nothing else than to sit on the sofa and breastfeed the baby. And this made me really angry after a while because I felt like, oh, I have so many uh, other things to do. And I'm talking about doing the dishes, doing the laundry, so nothing important. But at that time, it was important for me. I was thinking, oh, I have so many other things to do and I can't. I have to sit here and breastfeed my child. And so I got angry, I felt helpless, I was frustrated, until the point I started to accept the situation. So this was a very important shift of perspective, taking a step back and accepting that things change. Because um, um, when it comes to you as a leader, and you have a a topic, whatever you deeply care for, there will always be moments or situations when circumstances or conditions might change so that your plan can't work out the way you planned it. As soon as I reacted with flexibility and not with sticking to it, you know, the set free lots of energy.
0: And we've all worked for leaders who stick to their own plan almost you feel like they almost sort of stick drowning to their own drowning plan yes and it's a killer isn't it
1: it is and this might be for many reasons maybe because you're a perfectionist or maybe because you're insecure and need these plans in your head in order to feel comfortable with it you know And not having a plan makes you nervous, makes you uh, insecure. So I think there could be many reasons for sticking to a plan.
0: Katja, your second object is a bra. And I'm wondering, is it a maternity bra or a normal bra? It's a normal one. But
1: if you want to, it can also be a maternity bra. And yeah. Before uh, talking about the bra, um, since many women and also men listen to the podcast, uh, I want you to be aware of the fact that I'm talking from a non-religious and very Western European perspective. So I want you to be, I want you to know that I'm aware of the fact that the things I'm going to tell you now might not be suitable or even likeable by other women from other parts of the world. Okay? Go for it. We're ready. Good. Um, Yeah, uh, motherhood did not only change a lot on the outside, but uh, even more on the inside, especially my perception um, of me as a woman. uh, this is why my next object is a bra. It's uh, an object which which is very much connected to women in general. Um, many women wear bra. Me, myself, I was wearing a bra half of my life since puberty. But motherhood changed this because this piece of clothes uh, always disrupted the process of breastfeeding. So I began to wonder, why do I wear a bra? Um, did anyone tell me to wear a bra? Is anyone expecting me to wear a bra? And if so, why? Um, So I asked myself these questions and dig deeper into this topic. And um, someday just uh, decided to um, go outside and leave the bra at home. And soon I regretted this decision because um, I felt naked (laughs) mentally and physically. Uh, I had the feeling that everybody would look at me. Um, In my perception, men looked at me like I was an object that invited them to look at me. I even heard an old man saying, why can't you wear a bra? This is no proper behavior. Um, In my perception, women looked at me like I was committing a crime. They started talking behind my back. So this day I went home and felt I wasn't ready for that. But I continued to um, ask myself where my perception that everybody would look at me, that everybody would judge me and even even sexualize me, where they would come from. Um, So I dig deeper and uh, someday I decided to simply not give a fuck about what others think what others could judge me for, because I didn't want to subordinate my behavior to some old patriarchal system and expectations. So I did it again. I went outside, left the bride home, and I experienced the same. I still had the feeling that everybody would look at me and judge me, but this time I was thinking "Mm, maybe people are not used to this look. Maybe people um, are not used to women wearing whatever they want to wear or what they don't want to wear. Um, maybe I have to be brave in order to change this. Maybe I have um, I can change this so that one day people won't care about what women wear or don't wear. So um, this day I felt like a pioneer, even though. I I knew I wasn't a pioneer because many women before me went out on the streets without wearing a bra. But in my world, in my perception, I felt like a pioneer. And this was very powerful because, again, this is something which you can transfer to the topic of leadership as well. Um, Imagine yourself again as a leader who deeply cares for something, who wants to push forward a, a specific topic or whatever that is very important for you. There will be people who will judge you for it. You will make decisions where people will tell you it's wrong. You, d- you, you shouldn't do this because it's not a good idea because society don't want you to do this. But at the end, um, there should be moments, there should be situations where you simply don't give a fuck about what others might tell you about the judgment of others. And I felt that this was really powerful, this being in a situation where you do things um, where others think this is not a good thing, but you you do it. It's, it's your thing. It's important for you. And you don't care what other things.
0: And I suppose this translates to you allowing people in your own team to do things that, that you wouldn't approve of
1: of course it
0: works the other way round as well
1: it should work the other way around as well
0: so that you don't become the old man who's tatting in the corner
1: absolutely
0: because it's very easy to become that
1: absolutely yeah
0: I, well i warned everybody that you would you always look at things straight on what's what's your fir- what's your third object it's a dictionary isn't it
1: right it's a dictionary um which in my world symbolizes um, knowledge or knowing it all and i was always thinking that knowing it all having all the answers is a must have for a good leader or a good mother or even a good human i always connected knowledge with power self-esteem and success to this day to be honest i do crossword puzzles because i was always thinking knowing all the answers to every question no matter how unimportant is uh, essential but it's not um especially at work and here's the point especially at work i was always thinking that my right of existence is based on the fact that i'm the expert that I have to know all the answers. And this belief is very stressful. This, um, it caused a lot of troubles in my mind because there were moments where I did not have the the answer. And um, I often felt intimidated and even threatened by my colleagues when they knew more than me. So um, this made me feel very, very small and, by feeling small you cannot lead so instead of feeling intimidated and threatened by um, their knowledge i began to enjoy learning from others and this was very powerful as well because i made the i make the experience that leading with imperfection and leading with humility makes you much more approachable and ready for growth I think that growing through and with others is a very profound way of growth. So I think as a leader, it's not about um, knowing it all. It's not about knowing all the answers, but instead it's about creating a safe space where people feel trusted, where people can share their knowledge, where people can learn from each other without feeling shame or without too much of competition.
0: Absolutely. And the mirror?
1: Why the mirror? The mirror, mirror, my last object, um, shall represent the power of reflection. And um, so that you can understand what I mean, I want to give you some background. Um, I'm deeply convinced that... um, In every relationship, may it be on a private or professional level, communication suffers from so many misunderstandings. Two people talking to each other always means two completely different worlds crashing together. Even if these two uh, might be born in the same, born and raised in the same culture or maybe same age. These connecting facts do not protect these two from misunderstanding each other. I think that one often underestimates that the human mind is so complex and so individual that not getting what the other one is really trying to tell you is kind of pre-programmed. And often the consequence of feeling misunderstood in a communication is that communication stops. Um, People feel heard and not seen, so many tend to leave the situation, mentally or even physically. And when it comes to this point, truthful, meaningful and effective communication is not possible anymore. I think when it comes to this point in every relationship, maybe within the family or at work with your colleagues, Um, development, growth, and process is not possible anymore. And I made such an experience uh, at work with a colleague some time ago, and our communication was full of misunderstandings. After a while, I couldn't find a common space where we both could see each other, understand each other again. So I, I... Simply wanted to leave the situation, I felt deeply disconnected. But instead of leaving the situation, I decided to bring up my mirror, symbolically speaking. I asked my colleague um, to together reflect on our last discussions we had. I asked her if it's okay for her to show her what her words and behavior had done with me. And I did this with great caution and lots of empathy. And I was very nervous about it because this meant to give her a deep insight of my feelings and of my thoughts. And at the same time, I was afraid of creating new misunderstandings in our communication, which already suffered from so many. But instead of creating new misunderstandings, we both were able to create a vulnerable, intimate and safe space where we both could meet again, where we both could understand each other again and reconnect again. So I think that this tool of reflection, of reflecting one's own behavior, reflecting the behaviors of others, to do this together is a very powerful tool when it is used wisely and with empathy, of course. So Matthew, think, wait
0: a let me let me just really clarify so what you did is you went to sit with her and said not what you didn't like in her behavior but you said to her what her behavior
1: triggers in you absolutely i yeah i d- i didn't use the you language i was talking about myself i tried to show her what happened with me and this was very powerful. It it opened a door. We both suddenly we were sitting in this in this um, common space in this shared space where we both were very vulnerable, and we were able to to share things again, to understand each other again. So this was very very powerful. It reconnected us. And I think in most cases such reflection processes can lead to connection, which is essential when it comes to leadership because you can't lead on your own. You need people, you need um, a network, you need people you feel connected to, you need um, people that feel connected to you. So I think it's essential to be able to create such spaces where people feel seen, where people feel heard, where people feel trusted so that they can be open and transparent. And I think that these spaces make powerful leadership possible.
0: Thank you so much, Katya. That was so much fun. So, so very much fun. As I hook up my bra tomorrow morning, I will be thinking of you. Next, next week, next week, I can't even say the words. I'm so uptight about it. Next week, the book comes out. um, And it's the book that captures what we learnt on the Women Emerging Expedition. And to celebrate it coming out, I thought I would compile the voices of all of the 24 women who went on the expedition with me and compile them so that they sort of tell you the story of why we chose to do it, what we did on the expedition and where we're planning to take everything next. It is, for me, joyful hearing all their voices. Uh, I hear them often because we catch up often, cheer each other on and um, try and help with each other's challenges and they are friendships that I will never lose. But um, the book comes out and that's how we'll celebrate it with the 24 women who are on the expedition talking about it. I hope you will enjoy it. I, I enjoyed putting it together enormously. Remember when the book comes out, it's not yet another leadership book. I couldn't I couldn't muster the energy to write another leadership book. I got utterly miserable staring at my screen when I thought that was what I was supposed to do when the expedition ended and we returned from Bellagio. But the the writer's block disappeared. It melted away. It flashed away in a second as soon as somehow we reframed everything we'd done on that first expedition as an invitation to other women across the world to go on their own expeditions and find their own way of leading, a way that resonates for them rather than expecting women to do it some other way and then telling them to be authentic when they do. It, it doesn't make much sense. It sounds like Alice in Wonderland. Do it this way, but do it authentically this way. No, we'll do it our way. And that's what the book invites women to do, to go and explore and find the approach to leadership that resonates for you. And the book is an invitation and a map, the invitation to explore and a map that we sort of developed on the first expedition and which we offer to you that I hope will give your own expeditions shape and form and an ability to process everything that you're learning so next week we launch the book and in the following episodes of this podcast we're going to pick up some of the themes from the book Uh, we've already done that a bit earlier this year we talked a lot about what's in our essence in a number of episodes. And we also talked about energy because the book really does conclude that leading is about creating, is about generating energy. But sort of between those two, there's a certain amount in the book, but there's a certain amount about what we all as leaders need to jettison, dump, throw away, Um because they're wastes of time. The French word for waste is gaspiller. They're gaspillage, junk them, throw them away. All those things that are inside us like the sense that we're not enough, the sense that we have to be good girls, the sense that there's not enough room at the table so therefore we've got to be perfectly horrible to anybody else who might look like they'll get to the table with us. The the temptation to ignore ourselves, to minimise ourselves and the danger that in all of this we fall for flattery and, uh, flattery and end up doing things that we shouldn't be doing. So we're going to do some episodes around what we need to jettison if we're going to be leaders, what we need to reframe as leaders, stop thinking of the imposter syndrome as a weakness and recognise it as the strength that it is. Emotional, recognise the strength that it is. Instincts, the strength that they are. The ability to listen, the strength that that is. And, and really try and think through what we need to reframe in our minds. And then find in our minds, because so many of us seek what the purpose is. And only really, I think, once you've figured out what the purpose is for you in leading, do you really begin to lead effectively? Because people can spot it in you that you know why you're doing it and it's not just for you. But then I think we'll go on to a series of episodes about what as a leader you have to combine. Sometimes you have to combine, and I don't mean balance. Balance is, is one thing at the price of another very often. I mean combine. How do you as a leader how are you as a leader how can you be quiet and loud at the same time because as a leader you have to be sometimes the things that you have to combine may appear to be completely at odds with each other but that's what you have to do the ability to combine vulnerability and strength empathy and distance humility and visibility so we're going to talk about some of the things that you have to combine if you're gonna get good at leading with some wonderful women lined up to do that. And and that'll take us close to Christmas. Ah, close to Christmas. And for Christmas, I've got a wonderful. I've got, a, I've got something really special for you. Over Christmas and New Year, we're going to do three episodes with Priyanka. Because Priyanka and her nine-year-old daughter have had lots of conversations in the car. In the car, because in the car there's no distractions, you're both together. You're looking forward, so actually in some ways you're not looking at each other. And in the car they've been talking about leading because Priyanka wants her nine-year-old daughter to think of herself as a leader of the future. And some of these podcast episodes have prompted some of the conversations Priyanka and her daughter have had. And I think let's find out what they've been discussing, what they've been discussing in the past few months and what they'll discuss between now and Christmas. And then Priyanka is gonna share that with us. What are the conversations we need to have with our eight or nine or 10 year old daughters so that they perceive themselves as leaders? I think those will be fantastic. So lots coming up. Um, This is the end. This is the 18th episode of Five Objects. Next is the episode that launches the book, which isn't really a book. It's a handbook or a guidebook or even a map. And it's for you. And then after that, some episodes about, about what we discovered on the expedition and what's in the book. And, and, then, and then we've got Pièce de Résistance. We've got Priyanka talking about the conversation she has with her nine-year-old daughter in the car. So much love in the meantime, and many, many thanks to Katia for giving us such a great ending to this series. Lots of love.
1: To become part of our movement
0: and share your thinking with us, subscribe to the podcast and join the Women Emerging group on our website at womenemerging.org. We love all of the
1: messages you send us. Keep them coming.